Psalm 103, and starting in verse 1, says, My soul, bless the Lord, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things and your youth is renewed like the eagle. Father, again, we bless you from our soul today. The core of who we are, we look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith. God, we take this time today with you and ask you to speak to us. We ask you to encourage us. We ask you to build us up in our faith from your word and by the power of the Holy Spirit as only you can, that you continue to transform us into the image of your beloved who we have fallen in love with. I thank you, Lord, that you do these things for us today because you're good and because you're gracious and because you're kind and patient with us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been talking about the soul and I I knew starting with the soul, we were going to talk about what it was, right? We've gone through weeks of that. What is the soul? Where is it? How how does it operate? Because how can we keep and take care of something if we don't understand it? And so we started to learn that our soul is needy. It needs lots of things. And we went through and talked about those. Our soul needs a keeper. Our soul needs communion. Our soul needs rest. Our soul needs freedom. Our soul needs a king. Right. And we also talked about idolatry, the places that our soul can turn that aren't God, aren't of God to try to meet some of those needs. Because if better we understand that, the less likely we are to step off into one of those holes. And I had this set aside uh, and I knew it would be one of the latter parts uh, that we would go through. And uh, it's hit me a little bit different this week being Thanksgiving week. Uh, obviously, we've, we, we've got some things going on, uh, some things that have caused me to be more uh, contemplative, just thinking about things, spending a little bit more time on things, um, you know, what's important, what's less important. And what I kept coming back to is, is just a simplicity of what do we need to hear today Lord, what what do you want to comfort us with today? And what do you want to prepare us for this coming week? Right. Thanksgiving week can be busy, even if nothing else is going on. Thanksgiving week is busy and the holidays are coming up and we've got all these things laid out ahead of us. I know the next next week we'll start uh, our our first week of Advent. Right. The The four weeks before Christmas Day. Looking forward to that. But Lord, what? With all of these things going on and all of these things, um, what would you say to us as far as our what our soul needs and what we can take, something we can actually apply to our days uh, this week? What, what's something that we can do? And what we're going to talk about is that our soul needs three things today. We're going to cover three things. Uh, our soul needs blessing. Our soul needs satisfaction. And our soul needs Gratitude. Those are three things that we need. And again, Thanksgiving week, uh, National Day of Thanksgiving this Thursday uh, has been going on in our country for a long time. Uh, going back to George Washington saying we need to set aside a day uh, where we 
give thanks to God, going all the way back to American independence and then was slowly but surely made a national holiday. And apparently there was a big kerfuffle at one time about what day it should be on because it was the last Thursday. And then one president came along and said, no, I'm going to make it this specific day so it may not be on a Thursday. And that was a big to do. And then they ended up putting it back. So I got to read about a little bit of that drama. But as I was thinking on that, Thanksgiving, you know, I'm an overthinker. Thanksgiving It's pretty clear. It's in the name giving thanks. Right. But do we take time to even ask what are we giving thanks for and to whom are we giving it? Because I see so many going about they're having Thanksgiving and I know that that thanks is terminating just right there with themselves. That it's not going anywhere else. And I know when that was instituted, it was meant for us to give thanks to God. So we want to slow down and and ask, what am I giving thanks for and to whom am I giving it to? Right. As we read this in Psalm 103, it says, my soul, bless the Lord or bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord. And so I got stuck on that word. Does it mean And when you look it up in the Hebrew, you know what bless means? The definition, you know what it said? To bless. I was like, well, that doesn't help me out a whole lot. But but the the Hebrew definition was primarily bless or a blessing. I was like, well, let me go to the New Testament. And it meant more to to, to say good words, to, to speak well of or to offer praise to when it's us to God or if it's us to one another to speak good words over. And I saw this definition as well. To to bless is when the soul reaches out in love. To bless is when the soul reaches out in love. So we're to bless the Lord. The psalmist says right here, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We're supposed to bless the Lord from our soul, from our Core, And I know that that word has kind of gotten it's entered into just our vernacular, what what we say normally. And so maybe some of the definition, some of the power there is weakened a little bit because bless you. I mean, that's a sneeze response. Even, you know, you sneeze, I bless you. You know, well, thank you. And people like it. But it's you know, it, it can be as simple as that. Or you may say it like, well, bless their heart. You know, that just means this poor fool doesn't know what they're doing or they're having a hard time. You know, right. We do that one. Bless or just, you know, bless it. Oh, bless it. You know, it's like, oh, man, I can't believe this. This happened. And I'm trying to still say good things about it. And, and so all of those things are, you know, minor. But those are the ways that we use the word most, I would say, currently. And, and those are fine. That's just fine uh, to use them that way. But we, we don't want to lose the deep meaning uh, of the word because of the casual use of it or because of the loose use of it. So when we say our soul needs blessing, we, we, we need blessing from our soul needs to be blessed and our soul also needs to be a blessing. And it made me think of the, the priestly blessing in the book of Numbers. I'll flip back there. I've got Luke's little bookmark that he made me. Uh, he was pretty happy to see that I was still using that. 
um, the priestly blessing that God gave to Moses to tell Aaron to speak over the people in Numbers chapter six in verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. And in this way, they will pronounce who the priest will pronounce my name, God's name over the Israelites. And I will bless them. And so I, I, I thought on this when we when we're speaking blessing, if we look at this example, blessing to, to speak good words over which when the soul reaches out in love and it also shines goodness into the light of uh, into the life of someone else. So so just like here, when we bless others, it's purposeful, right? It's intentional and it's also personal. The Lord bless you, bless you. And so at the beginning of that, when he says to to say it this way, may the Lord bless you is talking about with the same care and love that he's ever done anything for you. May that continue in your life. May you experience that to the fullest. May the Lord bring goodness into your life constantly. And notice that this is spoken. It's communicated by the words of your mouth. This this blessing spoken over someone. And what I'm seeing and what I'm learning is just like we need food for our physical body, our soul needs blessing. Those words go into our soul just like food goes into our body and it nourishes us. May the Lord bless you and keep you with care and love, the same care and love that Christ poured out on the cross, that that be given to you today, that he'll guard what is precious about you, that he'll guard what is sacred in you, that he will keep you, that he make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. This is talking about turning the countenance toward. This is like eye contact. This is like looking somebody full on in the face. You have my attention. My focus is on you. I'm looking at you. I'm fully present in this moment and may give you peace that you be unthreatened, that you be undisturbed. Our soul needs blessing. It needs to be blessed and to be a blessing. It needs to reach out in love to others in a way that's purposeful and is speaking good things over them. And still, even then, it's still kind of a broad term. It's still kind of hard to to get our arms around it. So sometimes what you can do is, is to look at what it's not. Right. It's to see see the antithesis of it, the opposite of it. So in scripture, what's the opposite of blessing? Cursing. That's right. It it uses those things together. It, It talks about blessing and cursing. Cursing being the opposite of blessing. And what we'll, what we'll learn is that in every meaningful encounter we have, in every meaningful encounter we have, we either bless or we don't. We either bless that person we've encountered 
or we don't. And there are times that not only do we not bless, but instead of willing what is good and projecting good and love into their life and speaking that over them, we're actually willing what is bad. Or what scripture refers to it as cursing. You can look in James chapter three and he'll say, how can you bless God and curse your brother? Does good water and foul water come out of the same fountain? What are you what are you doing? And what's he encouraging? He's like, you bless the Lord. Also bless those who what who he has made. Bless those who he has made. So when we hear, you know, bless and don't curse, we're thinking, all right, I don't need to be cussing anybody. I don't need to be yelling vulgar words at them. Okay, maybe that's what it means when it says cursing. I don't need to be trying to put a hex on them, you know, some type of spell, but I don't need to curse them. Maybe that's what it means. But a a, a curse can be and obviously those seem simple to avoid. Right. We should be able to avoid both of those. But sometimes. It's just the refusal to bless in an encounter. Just a sharp look or a sharp tone to your voice or unfriendly body language can be received by that person as as an anti-blessing, right? As an anti-blessing. And and what what we'll all testify to is that We feel that and we feel it so much more deeply when it's someone who is close to us. The closer we are to someone, the more deeply we can wound them when we don't bless them and when we do curse them. Because it it, it changes from, well, that guy over there was a jerk to me. Right. That happens. That happens to us in life. We have to deal with that. It changes from that guy over there was a jerk to Stephen was a jerk to me. Stephen, my my husband was a jerk to me. My dad was a jerk to me. My my, my friend was a jerk to me. My coworker was a jerk to me today. And there's a wound there that develops, isn't it? Again, even if it's just a sharp tone, even if it's just uh, not being a blessing, it can be received as a curse. Our posture towards others makes a huge difference, doesn't it? We were made to bless. Is that what we're aiming to do in our interactions just on the on the daily with strangers or people in our own house or people that we're so close to? Am I aiming to bless or am I prone to curse? Am I prone to curse them? Am I prone to to focus on the negative? Am I am I prone to bring that? Out Am I prone to, in my woundedness, wound someone else? But because I've been withheld from, I haven't been blessed, or maybe I was just cursed that, that I am then turning that over to someone else. Because we were made to be blessed. We were made to be a blessing. And one thing that I thought was interesting as I was reading and studying on this, uh, something that was really cool is that we're actually wired neurologically to bless. That there's actually uh, neurons in our brain that are wired to bless. And the part of our brain that this that this article referenced was our ACC. I know you know what that is. It's the anterior cingulate cortex. 
different part of the brain, right? And they say that it, it fires, it lights up on scans when you're watching someone else do something. If you're watching somebody else do something, you, you can identify with it and you can feel like you're actually involved with it and doing it. It's why we'll watch people dance or play football or, 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 or paint a picture that we can become involved. Our brain can engage on that level. It, it lights up. And if we see someone suffering, it lights up so much more. If we see them experiencing an intense situation, that part of our brain, the ACC, lights up so much more. But that's not the part that determines what we do about it. There's another part of our brain that I won't even give you the the stuff for because I got lost in it. But I can find it for you if you're just super interested. It's a different part that indicates whether we're going to do something about it. That, that makes us step forward and do something about it. And, and what triggers that part of the brain is whether or not we consider that person to be attached to us. To be a part of me, to be a part of us, right? That familiarity, that connection, that triggers that part of the brain to then interact with the ACC and go, I see this suffering and I'm going to engage it right now. I'll give you an example. We were watching the soccer game on, what was it, Thursday? Thursday, and Caleb got hit in the face with a ball, hard. I mean, kicked up right up into his his eye. I've seen that happen to kids a lot on the soccer field. And I'll, I usually do like everybody else does. I'll go, oh, but when Caleb got hit, it was all I could do to not take that. I'm going out on the field. And then Kelly, too. Kelly is the one that I really expected to go out on the field. I'm the one. My brain checks me and says, OK, that's what the coach is supposed to do. Coach is supposed to go out there. Parents aren't supposed to go out on the field. We had a game pre- in the past. Caleb got hurt out on the field. Kelly was the first one out there. Like she was running fast enough. They would have put her on the team. Uh, because why? Because this is a part of me. It's like, this has happened to other children when I've been watching them play soccer. But this child is a part of me, right? And, and by the way, great testimony came out of that. Uh, I'll share that about his eye at a different point. Maybe when I won't get all emotional about it. But uh, God is good. Praise his name. But, but we, we see people suffering And the more we attach them to their part of me, their part of us, the more likely I am to react and engage. You see our brain lighting up when we see that in another part to go, this person is a part of you. This is somebody you're responsible for. This is somebody that you you, you're already reaching out to. There's an activation there. We are moved to bless. And it's interesting that Jesus put it in saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor like they're a part of you. Love your neighbor like they're attached to you. Remember he said, love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the greatest commandment. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And they said, who is my neighbor? He said, exactly. Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? And he told them the story and it ended up the, the moral. Your, your neighbor is the person right in front of you. That you, will, that you are able to identify with and extend goodness and grace towards, that you're able to bless. So our soul needs to be blessed, needs to bless the Lord, and our soul needs to be 
a blessing. Those, those pronouncements, those spoken words of I want good for you. I want God to be active in your life. I want you to experience deep levels of relationship with him. I want him to give you peace and protection. I want him to hold you when you need to be held. Be blessed. Our soul needs to be a blessing. That's number one. Two is our soul needs satisfaction. Satisfaction or to, to live in the land of peace and rest. Amen. To be satisfied. And as we as we can look both where we are right now in the world and where we have been previously, we can see that just adding more stuff and adding access to more things does not make us more satisfied. Correct. We have more access now and more things now than we've ever had before. And would you say people are more or less satisfied than they've ever been? They're, they're less satisfied than they have ever, ever been. So far away from that rest and peace than we've ever been before. And now quickly how we got there is we were created to have our rest and peace in who? In God Almighty. To be resting in relationship with him, the blessed one. Sin separated us from that, from him who is the source of our satisfaction. And we began to seek it elsewhere. That goes into that idolatry. Our soul needs comfort. Our soul needs rest. And we're not experiencing it in him. We're disconnected from him and our sin. And so we seek it out in all these sinful ways. We seek rest and meaning and peace. And we can't find it anywhere but him. And our soul is meant to experience that. Our soul, your soul was meant to work and create value and then enjoy that value resting in him. We, we could go to Ecclesiastes and I could show you that, that you are made to work and enjoy the fruits of that labor, of that effort in him. You, you were made with value. You were made to create value. And all of this is supposed to function in him. And that brings you rest. But outside of him, we have the same desire, but we do not have the ability. We don't have the ability to find that rest. And so we end up what? We talked about this before when we said our soul needs rest. We end up restless. We're restless, not at rest or disappointed all the time. Because we keep reaching for all of these things and we keep finding them to be lacking in what we actually need, which is to bring peace and rest to our souls. Our soul needs to be satisfied and it doesn't matter what we try to fill in there or how much of it we fill in there without him. It never works. Jesus said, what does it profit you if you gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? He said, those who try to save their life are going to lose it. But those who for my sake lose their life or lay down their soul will in me find it. And so the ironic part about satisfaction, which our soul needs, our soul needs to be satisfied, is the more we chase satisfaction, the further we are from it. The further we are from finding it, when we chase it, chase satisfaction, we will not catch it. It's a strange irony of satisfaction. And we deceive ourselves to think that we can only be satisfied when all the appetites of our body and all the desires of our mind are met simultaneously. Like, I don't think that, but that is how we think. 
that all the appetites of my body have to be satisfied, all the desires and needs of our mind have to, have to be satisfied simultaneously, and then I will have satisfaction. And it's false and it's dangerous. Even though we're made to seek perfection, to think that we can bring it about on our own will leave us dissatisfied, right? And think about how we look at Thanksgiving. We got, we got Thanksgiving coming up this week. Everybody's got different expectations for Thanksgiving. One of our icebreaker questions on a Wednesday night was, what dish has to be present for you or it's not Thanksgiving? You know, what dish where you say, hey, if the green bean casserole is not there, I'm going to pitch a fit, right? If you don't make those creamy mashed potatoes, I'm going to lose my mind because it's not Thanksgiving, right? We have those things where we put it in there to go. It's not Thanksgiving unless this is present. Or maybe it's it's not Thanksgiving if I have to sit next to this person. Why would y'all sit me next to them? I've been thinking about it all. I don't want to see them. I don't want to be around them. And here I now I have to sit beside them. What, what are we saying? I need this this occasion. I need this event and everything about it to line up perfectly. Everything be in its right place or I cannot and will not be satisfied. And we're like, I would never say that, but we live it out all the time. We'll pick out those little things where if it's not met, we're not satisfied. And then we do just get outside of ourselves sometimes to think that all the appetites of my body and all the desires of my mind have to be met simultaneously for me to be satisfied is false and impossible. And yet we chase it. And yet we try to make that happen. When we learn that our satisfaction is in him alone, then we find ourselves being satisfied even when many of those appetites, many of those desires of our mind are not fulfilled in that moment. Paul said it how he said, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I've learned in whatever state I am to be content, full, hungry, rich, poor, strong, weak. I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. All of those desires don't have, they're never going to line up, first of all, but they don't have to be all in line. And the other thing we would learn if we went further into, you know, how our brain works and how uh, our attitude is affected, that, that actually when we endure need, we actually get stronger. Instead of getting weaker, by enduring, be, being satisfied in him, even though I'm weak here, being satisfied in him, even though this is lacking, being satisfied in him, even though this is missing, that I'm actually growing in strength and ability and maturity. And I'm able to handle more tomorrow than I was able to handle today because I've learned in whatever state that I am to be content. That's two different ways of looking at things. One way puts us on an endless treadmill of striving and competition, and the other is deep soul rest. Deep soul rest that is also, by the way, open to blessing. We need blessing. We need to be satisfied. The third one we're going to do a little bit backwards. The third one that we need, our soul needs gratitude. Gratitude. And that's a word that often goes along with Thanksgiving, right? Gratitude. So we're, we're going to start talking about gratitude by 
starting with the application, which is a little bit backwards. When you're preaching about something, you're supposed to start with inspiration, information, application. We're going to start with application. It's a little challenging experiment for you, for me, for us. This, uh, this starting today and then going into this next week, you're like, oh gosh, homework. Not that bad. It's not that bad. But I want you to pay attention to how you begin your conversations. Pay attention to how you begin your conversations. Are you beginning them with a complaint or with a word of gratitude? Are you beginning them with a complaint or a word of gratitude? A complaint would be like, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going okay. My back's hurting. My legs broke. You know, whatever. I didn't sleep very good last night. Oh, it's going, you know, it's going pretty tough. Work's been really, really busy today. Really crazy. Really wild. Uh, you know, well, it's, it's tough. You know, I'm, I'm short on my money as far as what I wanted to do for Thanksgiving. I'm not getting to go travel like I wanted to. I don't think I'm going to get to see my family for as long as I hoped I would. Uh, the weather's been really bad. I'm, you know, it's freezing cold outside. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. You know, are we starting with a complaint? Are we starting with a word of gratitude, something you are genuinely grateful for? Hey, how's it going? Man, I just I'm blessed today. The Lord has done good things for me today. You know, life hadn't been easy, but I'm just really experiencing God's faithfulness through those difficulties. Man, God has blessed me. I've, I've got these folks in my family. I got these folks that I'm friends with, these folks I get to spend time with. God has just really blessed me. I don't have everything that I might want, but gosh, I've got everything that I need. He just seems to always give me everything that I need when I need it. He's always there. How are you doing? Man, I just, you know, it's surprising. I, I'm, I've got peace even in the midst of what's going on. And, and God has just blessed me with that. Are we starting our conversations with a complaint or with gratitude? A word of gratitude about something that God has done for you or something positive. How are we beginning our conversations? Which one do you think is going to make you feel better? Gratitude, right? Which one's going to make you feel worse? The negative But here's the problem. Which one's easier? For whatever reason, it's the negative. It's the complaint, right? It's easier to identify the complaint. I can I can focus on the one thing that Kelly did yesterday that upended me and I can easily forget about all the other things she did that blessed me. Right, And I can focus on just that one. Why? Because going back to the other one, everything has to line up and nothing can go wrong for Stephen to be satisfied when I'm chasing satisfaction. But when I'm resting in him, I can take the one thing and I can cast it aside and I can just gather up all the other amazing things that have happened today that I can go, you know what? Today has been a good day. Today has been a good day. Well, what about that? Ah, it's not that big of a deal. But all these other things add up to today being a good day. And it's so much better for us. How much? So much better to begin those communications with gratitude. Again, something that we're genuinely grateful for. Our soul, your soul, my soul thrives on gratitude thrives on gratitude. And that's why this, the the Psalm there starts with bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. 
bless his holy name and forget not his benefits. And then he starts listing them, all the things that the Lord has done for me. Remember what he's done for me. And like satisfaction, it's not about getting more. It's about more awareness of who he is and what he has done for us in our life, our identity in him, what he's doing right now. Forget not his benefits, all of his benefits. That word Benny there in Latin means good. B-E-N, it means good. All his benefits, everything that he's done, something good that he has done for us. And to have a benefit, you generally have to have a benefactor. You have to have someone who is doing good. Who is doing good? Who did it? The one who does good. Who is this? Who are we giving thanks to? To whom is our thanks going when we're talking about thanks? Giving. It's not random or accidental that there is a benefactor over this benefit, that it is intentional, that he is doing good things for us. He has done good things for us, that the good benefits in our life come from God. The good coming from him who does good to who? To us, the beneficiaries, the one who receives good things from the benefactor. Something very important that we need to remember when we're talking about gratitude is we will never be grateful for something that we feel entitled to have. Those two, Matthew brought up the word, the college word, mutually exclusive. Those two things are mutually exclusive. Gratitude and entitlement cannot exist together. It's like going through the food line and they say, you can pick hamburger or you can pick hot dog. Well, I want both. Nope. When you pick one, you pick against the other. So when you begin to feel entitled, you are not going to feel grateful. Gratefulness and entitlement are mutually exclusive. Why? Pride versus humility. I deserve this. You're going to give it to me. And I don't deserve any good thing that I have. Right? Humility and gratitude, pride, and entitlement. And the better we understand that, the better keeper of our own soul that we'll be. To, to feel like I deserve something. Again, well, I don't ever, I don't feel like that, but we act like we do. We act like we do. That's why you, again, you see over and over clips from restaurants and retail stores with people just losing their mind because they didn't get what they thought they deserved to get. What they were entitled to get. Entitlement and gratitude cannot go together. If you think this is something that you've earned and you deserve, then you are not going to be grateful for it. When it's something that you know in humility that I don't deserve all the good things that he has done for me. I don't deserve any of the good things that he has done to me because they've all been done to me graciously by him in his grace towards me. And I didn't deserve it. Then that entitlement goes away and look, all blessing and satisfaction and gratitude just well up. And to try to reinforce this in their life, the Israelites would pray what we, the word we translated into is benedictions. 
Remember, Benny means good. Diction, words. Speaking good words. And there were prayers that they would pray throughout the day. Many prayers that they would pray. These benedictions that would begin with the word bless. That would begin with the word bless. Blessed are you, O God, creator of heaven and earth. Blessed are you, O God, for, for, for life and, and, and clothing and for food on my table. Blessed are you, O God, who forgives all my iniquities. Blessed are you, O God, who heals my diseases. Blessed are you, O God, who redeems my life from the pit. Blessed are you, O God, who crowns me with faithful love and compassion. Blessed are you, O God, who satisfies me with good things. Blessed are you, O God, who renews my soul, my youth like the eagles. Blessed are you, O God, offering praise to him in these good words. And this was a practice or a discipline that was keeping their soul. Why? Because they were projecting towards him with with blessing and gratitude. They were looking to him and not what was going on around them. Blessed are you, O God. Blessed are you, Lord, for giving me the family that you've given me. Blessed are you, O God, who have given me this church family to circle up around me that I know are there to help me whenever I need. You know, they, and they would look up. We talked about this. You know, how do we pray? We bow our head. We look up. We can do either one. But they would lift their eyes and lift their hands. Blessed are you, O Lord. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of this. Blessed are you, O Lord, who has done this for me. Blessed are you, O Lord, my God, who has done this. These benedictions, these good, good words. So, holiday challenge. Starting now, Thanksgiving, going up through the end of the year, trying to build out in our hearts and minds some of these same practices, some of these same disciplines who are going to point us to God, who are going to help our soul be blessed, be satisfied, and be grateful. The first is to pray our own benedictions. To, to take a, just a little bit of time during the day, maybe multiple times during the day. Maybe get four or five things just on your heart and on your mind. Blessed are you, Lord, for giving me this. Blessed are you, Lord, for forgiving me my sins. Blessed are you, O Lord, for waking me up today. Blessed are you, O Lord, that work may be hard today. Blessed are you, O Lord, for giving me a job that I can work hard at and add value to my community. Blessed are you, O Lord, who gave me this vehicle that I can drive in. Blessed are you, O Lord, who gave me the strength to do what I'm about to do here in just a moment. Blessed are you, O Lord, who's given me intellect and the ability to think Blessed are you, oh Lord. And just over and over, these benedictions, multiple times a day. Doesn't have to be a long, doesn't have to be, you know, I think they did 18 at a time. It can just be four or five. But pray your own benedictions, speak your own good words. And in our interactions, our activity there to start with gratitude. Start with something that you're grateful for. And look, you're going to have to start out by thinking about it in advance because what comes to your thoughts and minds first is what's hurting, what's wrong, and what's not going well. 
those stand out more starkly than the good things. But if you put effort into looking for them, you'll start to see them shine more brightly than the other things going on in life. And your days won't be stolen by restlessness, but you will live in satisfaction. So your benedictions and then starting those conversations with gratitude and what what a light that's going to be to other people that you encounter. And look, you, you can't say it and not mean it. You can start out to, you know, try to fake it till you make it. But if somebody goes, hey, how are you? I'm blessed. Oh, I'm out. It's going so good. It's a, God's good. You know, but, but let it get down into your heart and into your soul that wait, wait a second. Yes, I do have some things to complain about. I do have some things that I could mention and some things that aren't going well. But I also have things that are going well. I'd also have things that are good. I'd also have things that I can point to and go, man, God has been so good to me today. Amen. So praying our benedictions. Blessed are you, O Lord, because you have. And then starting with gratitude in our interactions and being sure that it's true and that it's purposeful. Knowing that we don't have to have all of our needs met at all times in order to be glad, in order to be joyful, in in order to be thankful and satisfied, that we can admire, uh, we can admire things without feeling like we need to acquire them. That was one of the, as in my reading, I was like, I saw that and I was like, that one sticks out. I can admire what's going on in someone else's life, what God has blessed them with without feeling like I have to immediately acquire that myself to keep up with them. And then that's something really good to remember as we're approaching the Christmas season and that we don't chase satisfaction because if we chase it, we're going to lose ourselves in the chasing of it. We find it in him. So our benediction starting with gratitude and that we bless that we bless the Lord and then we also bless others he's wired us to bless people that it be purposeful that it be personal and that it be spoken that it's something that we say out of our mouth and remember a lot of it depends on who we identify ourselves with who is attached to us who has God given us that is a part of us I can't handle everybody I can't handle everybody out there but I can handle the however many that that, that he is attached to me and he will grow that as I'm faithful to bless those that he has put in my life and keep him that, that that priestly blessing just something along the lines of that I, I pray that the Lord would bless you, that I'm saying that over you, that the Lord would bless you and keep you, that he would make his face to shine upon you, that he would turn his countenance toward you, that he would give you peace. And what did he say there at Numbers? He said, as you speak that over them, I'm going to bless them. You speak the blessing and he funds it. You speak the good words and he empowers them in the life of the hearer, just like food to a hungry stomach are good words to a starving soul. That you bless you. are like, well, I can't just walk into places and be like, the Lord bless you and keep you. Right? Well, you can. People may be thrown off by it a little bit. But if that makes you uncomfortable getting started, I would tell you this. If you see something good, say something good about it. And ask the Lord, say, Lord, I'm going to walk through this day today. 
light up the good for me. Light up the good. And then as you do that, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to be faithful to say something good about it. I'm going to say something good about it. I'm going to say, hey, I saw you working over there and I know you're really busy. I know you got a lot going on, but I think you're doing a good job. I think you're doing a good job. And I just wanted to encourage you with that today. You tell that to somebody on the workplace. You tell that to somebody in a restaurant. You tell that to somebody who's just busy and they're going to go. Because you know what? They probably don't feel like they've been doing a good job. They probably don't feel like they've got that together. So ask the Lord, say, God, light up the good for me. And as I see it, I want to say something about it. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Hey, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I know it's not easy, you know, raising these kids up. But God sees it and, and you're doing well. And he's going to bless you. He's going to bless your efforts and they're going to be okay. Words of life, good words into starving souls. Because you know what? Everybody out there is stuck in most of these loops like we talked about. They're trying to line up everything so that they can finally feel satisfied. And they're feeling less and less and less. And their soul, their soul was made to be blessed. And it's walking through this life uh, hearing nothing but guilt and condemnation and the negative And they were made to live in gratitude, but they've also been taught to focus on all the things that aren't right yet because that's what we've got to fix and we've got to get everything lined out. And they're walking through without gratitude, without satisfaction, without blessing. And man, how much is that cool rain on that dry ground going to make a difference? Just you speaking a blessing over them. And you better be ready to pray. Because when you start blessing folks, it's going to open some doors. It's going to open some doors because all of a sudden, somebody who wasn't attached to you is going to have an attachment to you. And they're going to look and say, what what, what, what?" doesn't normally happen? People don't normally talk well to me. I, I don't normally find it easy to talk with people, but you're easy to talk to. There's a piece about that and they won't communicate it that way, but that's what they'll mean. That there's a peace here and then they'll need, they'll need you to speak another word over them and to take it to him. And just be honest. I can't fix that. I can't fix that at all. That sounds very difficult. But I know the one who can. I know the one who can. And I know that he'll be able to give you peace in the meantime. So that we walk through being a blessing. And we got to. it's easier not to be. It's better to be. So we got to focus on that. But to bless. To live and satisfaction, and to be grateful. That gratitude. Not entitled, but grateful. And just give a thought of, you know, we only have so many Thanksgivings. We only have so many Christmas. We only have so many times around this world, right? What if this was the last one? What would you do different? What would you do different? And hopefully the answer is not, I'd spend a lot more money. But I'm not talking about that. But I mean, as far as with the people in your life, over these things that we've talked about, blessing, satisfaction, gratitude. If you knew this was the last one, what would you do different? And don't leave anything unsaid that can be said in love. Amen. Don't leave any, any blessings unsaid. They can be said with love. When the Lord lights up that good and you see it, he's going to show it to you now because I've already told you about it. He's going to show it to you. Say something good about it.
Speak it out. Be a blessing. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, thank you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes down from you. Father, as we approach this time that the, the, the world tries to speed us up and tries to put so much weight on us, Lord God, that we would remember what our soul really needs. Our soul needs to bless you first and foremost, to look up to you with adoration and admiration from our heart and say, blessed are you, O Lord, who have been good to me and gracious to me and kind to me and faithful to me. Blessed are you, O Lord, who have been faithful when I wasn't. Blessed are you, O Lord, and greatly to be praised. God, that, 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 that we receive blessing from you so that we can be a blessing to others, that we can be. Aaron was a man just like us. And you told him to speak this blessing over your people and then you would bless them as he spoke your name over them that you would bless them. And so, Father, as we go out, I speak it out over these people. And Lord, I thank you that you put it in our hearts, whether we speak those exact words or we speak words that you would give us that would fit just as well. Lord, that you would bless them and keep them that you would turn your face toward them, make your face to shine upon them and give them peace. Give us peace. I thank you, Lord, that we find our satisfaction in you. Don't let us get caught up in the treadmill this year, in the hurry and in the wastefulness of our energy, seeking after things that can't do for us what what we want them to do. But God, looking to you as our satisfaction finding our satisfaction in you even if none of our needs line up at the same time from day to day. Even if everything gets out of order that we're able to be satisfied in you and in whatever state we are to be content. And Lord, that we would have that attitude that that the way we think about everything would revolve around gratitude to you. We're not entitled to anything. But you and your grace have given us so much. And we are grateful for that. And that we would start our conversations with a word of gratitude. Because we know that even that in of itself is going to be a blessing to somebody else. God, I thank you that you keep us and you uphold us with your strong right hand. And you give us everything that we need because you love us so much. You've given us blessings so that we can bless others. You've satisfied our soul with good things. And we are so grateful for it. As we go today, thank you that you unify us in our hearts and in our minds, both with your spirit and with each other. Unify us. And I thank you, Lord, for all the good that you're going to light up this holiday season. All the good things that you're going to point out that we can see and that we can say something about. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.